0: All right, well, if you have a Bible, if you'd like to open it up to John chapter 15, and I'm going to be looking at verses 1 through 5 this morning, and so we're not going to be talking about the traditional Christmas story Uh, this morning. We're actually going to save that for a Christmas Eve service, but I am going to be talking about it some in the message, but we're going to be in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, and so... uh, This sermon series, actually, that I'm in is called Make a Difference. So God wants us to bear fruit in our life, and that's how we make a difference. And so when I was thinking about this message, I thought about many years ago, uh, uh, there used to be this thing called the Pepsi Challenge. And this was actually back in the mid-70s, and I'm I'm that old where I can actually remember that. Uh, I don't know if anybody else can remember that, but, uh, but what it was is that Pepsi they did these taste tests. They would go out to malls and they had these two cups and they had Coca-Cola and Pepsi and, and, and the other one and they had pe- people do a taste test and what they found out is they said that actually people preferred Pepsi over Coke. And so, and then Coca-Cola, they came out, you know, with this thing that no, Coke is the real thing, right? And, and so that's how I remember everything is Coke was actually the real thing. And so, um, so, I don't know, is Coke the real thing, or is it Pepsi the imitation? Coke's the real thing? Yeah. So, but I think about that this morning when it comes to our passage because Jesus says he is the true vine. When he says he is the true vine, that means there's actually other vines that are not the true vine. And he gives us this picture here where he's the vine, we are the branches, and, and the Father, he's the vine dresser, and he wants us to bear fruit in our life. You know, I really believe there's imitation vines all around us. And what we tend to do is we connect our lives to those vines and we find out, actually, this vine is not giving me life. It's not actually giving me joy on the inside. It's not actually giving me fulfillment. And it's not making an impact on people's lives around me. And so when we find Jesus and enter into relationship with him, we find out he is the true vine. He is the vine that really gives us the joy and fulfillment and happiness that we really desire in our life. And so we're going to look at that this morning in John chapter 15, how we can connect our lives to the true vine so that we can bear fruit. So I'm going to begin in verse number one, and let me kind of explain the context. In the context of John 15, this is Jesus right before he goes to the cross. And he, he just had the last supper with the disciples and they rose from supper and they were going through the garden of Gethsemane. I'm sure Jesus, as he talks about the vine and these, the grapevine and the, I'm sure he's probably even grabbing the, you know, the vines in the garden of Gethsemane and he's getting ready to go to the cross. And so we'll begin reading in verse number one. It says in verse number one, Jesus speaking here, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So again, he gives us this picture. Jesus often spoke symbolically. And so he gives us this symbolism that Jesus is this vine and the father is the vine dresser that cultivates the vine and grows it. And then he continues in verse number two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So then he speaks of the branches. Now the picture here, again, we are the branches. He wants us to be connected to the vine. And through that, he says he prunes or he cleans up, as it says in the very next verse, so that we may produce fruit. See, that's truly making a difference when we actually produce fruit in our life. And fruit is, is, the picture of fruit is actually when we make an impact on people's lives, an eternal impact. And then verse number four, he says, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in you bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So Jesus says, you have to abide. You have to stay there in a relationship with me. And that's how you bear fruit in your life. And if you don't abide there, you can't do anything without me. So, he, so what he's saying here in this passage to us is that we need to be connected into a relationship with Jesus in order to bear fruit in our life. That's what we need. You know, I think this is called spiritual fruit. I call this spiritual fruit. And I believe that one way that we bear spiritual fruit is by the words that we say to people. You know, when we have words of encouragement that inspire hope in people's lives, I believe that that bears fruit. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to turn on the news uh, today, there's a lot of discouraging things that's on the news. I mean, because the pandemic uh, happened, I mean, a lot of people are suffering. And if you, if you look at all the bad statistics, all the bad statistics are like up. You know, addictions are up. Suicides are up. Drug ODs are up. Crime is, up, everything is like up. A lot of people are like struggling during this time. And, uh, and rightly so. I mean, we're going through a tough time. But when we have, like, words of encouragement to people that's struggling, you, you know what happens? Fruit begins to blossom inside of them. Fruit begins to blossom in our lives. You know, when we share the life-giving message like I'm sharing this morning that that Jesus wants to have a relationship with us and when we do that, we're born again. We have a relationship with the Father through the Son. When a person opens up their heart to that and they put their faith in Jesus, you know what happens? Fruit Fruit begins to blossom on the inside of them. Fruit begins to blossom in our lives also as we communicate that. You know, everyone sooner or later should bear spiritual fruit in your life. Sooner or later. If you don't ever bear spiritual fruit, you know what happens? We begin to ask the question, what's the meaning of it all? Why? What's the point of it? We begin to ask that question if God is not actually like flowing through us and we're actually bearing fruit in our life. You know, I want to try to illustrate this to you this morning. I brought a plant over here. And so let me bring this plant up here. And, uh, and so this plant is actually called a money tree plant. You know, it says it right here on this tag. And so when I saw that, you know, I bought this at Lowe's. And when I saw that, I thought, well, I'm going to get that. It's a money tree plant, you know. So I started praying over this plant, bear fruit. <laughs> so far, no $100 bills have, you know, come out or anything. So I don't know. I might take it back. But no, if you look at this plant right here, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that kind of shows this here. It's been pruned And everywhere it's been pruned, just like Jesus says in the passage, that's where all this life is coming from. You know, and it kind of shows us at times God, he wants to cut away all this dead stuff that doesn't need to be in our life so that we can like grow and actually bear fruit. And you also see how these vines are kind of intertwined together. And uh, that also kind of pictures how our lives kind of intertwine together, you know, in the church, you know, as as we have life together in the church. But the main reason why I wanted to show you this, because I have, I have a limb up here, and this limb, this branch, actually used to be connected to this plant right here. Now, several days ago, I disconnected it to illustrate that this morning. As you can see, this little plant, it's like brittle and dry, and it's, it's like dead. And, uh, you know, if it you know, if I left it another week or two, it'd probably turn brown and just, you know, just just fade away. And so it's like that because it's disconnected from the life force that it needs to be connected to. Because it isn't connected to the, this, this plant right here, it has no life in it. It can't bear fruit. And so I wanted to show you that because this is what we are like When we are not actually connected into a relationship, the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. When we are separated in a relationship with him, then we become like this. We become dry and brittle. And uh, and, and we have, I mean, everyone goes through difficult times, but we have nobody to help us. We don't have a savior through those difficult times. And and so, you know, as we as we look at that, I think our passage shows us how we can connect to him into this life-giving relationship so we can bear fruit. And the first the first thing I want to show you here in our passage of how we can do that is first of all, we have to understand that Jesus is the d- divine vine of heaven. He is the The God vine that came from heaven. You know, I love in the passage here, in the book of John, it says, the statement, I am, several different times. And let me, you know, quickly go through this. There's seven different times he mentions this. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So he is like the staple food, I mean, that gives us life. He's the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door into the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then finally, I am the true vine. So he makes that I am statement several times, but there's another place in the book, Gospel of John where he says this, that applies to this point. In John eight fifty eight, he says this, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, so before Abraham was born, I am. That may not seem like proper English, but what Jesus was saying there is that he existed even before he was born on Christmas Day. He existed. He existed before Abraham. And when he says, I am, he's not only saying, I was, I was there before Abraham, but, but he's saying, I am the eternal God. That's what that I am st- statement connects it to the Old Testament when the, the burning bush uh, was before Moses and God says, I tell Israel, I am. I am. The eternal God, and he 's connected that 's who he was back there you know Jesus is God that came down from heaven to have a relationship with us you know I, I think that a lot of people in our society have a misconception of who Jesus is you know i 've had people approach our front door and come up to our front door and knock on the door and and uh, want to give me some pamphlets, some information. And, and they want to talk to me about who Jesus is. And they talk about how Jesus, you know, he's a good man. And uh, he did some good things. He had some good teachings. He taught us how to love God and how to love people. And, and I totally agree with all of that stuff. But then, but he's much more than that. He's much more than a good man. He is God in the flesh. And so those people, I always invite them in, in, in the door, and I sit down with them, try to show them hospitality. And, uh, you know, because that's an opportunity. A lot of people, like, close the door. I don't want to talk to you. No, I want to talk to you. God put somebody on my doorstep. I can actually share the true Jesus of the Bible. And so let's sit down and talk. And so, you know, when George, J- Jesus was born on Christmas Day, a lot of people didn't understand who Jesus really was. I mean, it was just, well, here's Joseph, and here's Mary, you know, a man and a woman come together and they have baby Jesus. So that's that's how it happened. A lot of people didn't understand really who Jesus. Even Joseph and Mary, I don't they. I mean, they understand that okay, he came from heaven. But I don't think even Joseph and Mary really understood the magnitude of who this baby really is. But you know what? I, I think that the the three wise men, I think that they understood who Jesus really was because if you read about it. In Matthew and you read about how the three wise men went when they they went to try to find the, the child he was a toddler by then and went to try to find Jesus they said we are going to find find him to worship him so that tells me they knew who the child Jesus was and, and so when they went to to Jesus and they saw him the, the scripture says they they got down and they like they worship the child Jesus and I'm sure Joseph and Mary, they were like, whoa. I mean, they're worshiping our, our little child. And they did that because this is, this is God that's come down from heaven. And this is what it means to us. On Christmas Day, God came from heaven. He was born into the body of Jesus. And he did that to be a vine to where we can connect to the vine into a relationship with him, a personal relationship that's why he came. And then secondly, he created uh, create a daily habit of prayer and meditation. So I think it has to be intentional that we connect in a relationship with him because he says in verse number four, he says, abide in me and I in you. So, so I look at that, we have to like abide in him and then he abides in us. And I think about prayer and, and meditation because when I pray and I meditate on the Scripture, I'm like ab- trying to abide in Him. And then I find in return, wow, the Spirit of God is like abiding in me. And it creates this bond, you know, in a relationship. You know, I think it's interesting in our passage, the word abide is actually mentioned nine different times in the context here. And if you know anything about like the numbers in the Bible, there are certain numbers that actually uh, speak true to us because there's patterns in the Bible, uh, you know, with with some of the numbers. And the number nine actually just so happens represent like fruit and fruitfulness. And you can see this in different places in the Scripture. Uh, Just one example is in Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit, if you read about the fruit of the Spirit, there's actually nine different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, even in life, you know, uh, when when a baby is born, you know, they're born after nine months, the fruit of the womb comes out. And and so uh, you may hear me say that, and say, oh, that's just a coincidence. And uh, I think it's more than a coincidence because it just so happens in the passage right here, abide is like the key to how we bear fruit. It's staying in a relationship with Him. If we are detached from Him, we cannot bear fruit in our lives personally. You know, and I think we do this by being intentional in our relationship with our Savior. You know, my wife and I, i use my wife and I as an example, we try to uh, create intentional, healthy uh, habits in our life that connect our lives together. And so one thing that we love to do during the wintertime is we have a fireplace in our living room, and uh, we, we love to get a fire going and and stoke up that fire, and then we got a couple of little chairs, we sit in in, uh, in front of the fire, and we just love just hanging out in front of the fireplace, and just watching the fire, feeling that radiant heat, you know, come off, and, and uh, we just have awesome conversation, and build our relationship, build our friendship, and so that's one of the healthy ha- relational habits that we have to build our relationship, and so, but I can't lie, you know, in front of this you know, beautiful fire. At times, you know, I'm sitting next to my beautiful wife and I tend to kind of like draw closer to her and, and, you know, one thing leads to another. And, you know, I mean, I can't, my wife is so beautiful. I can't help that. But you know what? It happens in the same way in our relationship with God. We have to create healthy relational habits so that we can draw close to the Lord. You know, my favorite time of the day is first thing in the morning. First thing, when I, when I get up and I'm like half asleep, I grab my cup of coffee in the morning and, uh, and, and I sit down and while I'm waking up, I'm like praying. I'm like trying to connect to my Savior. I'm praying. And then eventually I begin to read scripture and I, and I hear God speak to me personally. And he, he begins to fill me up and we begin to bond in our relationship. And, uh, and, and I do that first. That's my favorite time in the morning. You know, our relationship with God has to be intentional uh, like that. I mean, it doesn't just happen by accident. And so that, that fulfillment, that joy, that fruit, it happens on the inside of us first before we can give it to other people. It has, it has to happen inside of us first. You know, I believe that Jesus, he says this in the passage uh, later on in the context. You know, he talks about joy in verse number 11. He says this, He talks about these things, now everything that he just said about the vine and the fruit and us the branches, he says, these things have I spoken to you, why? That my joy may remain in you and then your joy may be full. This is the reason why he tells us all of this. So that in us we would have this fruit, fruit of joy happening on the inside of us and, and, and so that we can pass on that joy to other people. You know, Jesus had a joy himself. And because he had a joy, he gave that joy to his disciples. And then they, they began to have a joy themselves. And, and then they could have a joy to give to other people. You know, w- without the, the joy that God gives to me, I would get up before you this morning and I, I, would, I would be like this little plant right here. If I, if I didn't have that joy myself... I would just be just dry and brittle and just kind of just dead. But because he gives me joy in my relationship with him, I can get up before you and say, hey, here's where joy's at. Here's where it's found, found at. Here's where you can find the fruit that you're really looking for in life. It's found in him in a close relationship with him. And then lastly, we need to live a life that is authentic and life-giving. So and what I mean by that is authentic means real. I mean it's it's the real deal. And and even though it's a real deal, it's life-giving. And I believe that that Jesus, he modeled this because he said he is actually the true vine. That means he's the authentic vine. But and if you look at the life of Jesus and how he lived, he didn't hide that he struggled with stuff. I mean, Jesus, he was like open that yeah, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. But every time that Jesus did that, he showed the disciples, okay, here's where life is, a connection with the Father. Here's the life-giving part of it. I'm struggling, but there's also life coming out of me at the same time. You know, God wants us to live authentically, but also to be life-giving to people all around us. You know, some of you may have heard of, uh, this is an older show, but it's called I Survived. Anybody heard of that show? Yes, yeah, some people in the room, it's an older show and my wife and I, we, we like to watch the show and when, uh, and just to explain what the show, show is kind of all about is what they do is they interview people that have gone through really tough times. I mean, they've been through and, and they actually survived through the time. It might've been maybe somebody that did something really evil to them or maybe this tragic, unfortunate circumstances they were in and they barely survived and so i mean it's real life stuff that's happening to people that is actually going on all around us and so but one thing in the show they ask this question every single person they interview they ask this one question how did you survive and so the people they have like different answers some some people say well man i just you know i had the willpower to survive and i survived or they might say well this other person they helped me And that's the reason why I survived or some say that because of my kids that's the reason why I survived but then there's others they say well God helped me that's how I survived and some of them say it's by the grace of God that's why I'm here today that's the only reason that's how I survived and uh and so I mean I think about that because again life is is a bunch of struggles especially in our society today and so when, when people look at our lives and they see the struggle that we're in that's authentic it's real but they should when they ask us that that question how do you survive we, we should be able to say, you know what because I'm in connection with the true vine because God is always with me he's my helper he's helping me through this when pe- when people ask us, you know, you just went through that tremendous tragedy, that loss in your life. How are you surviving that? And and we should be able to say a, a, a life-giving message. You know what? God's given me actually a supernatural comfort on the inside of me. And, and he's, he's actually given me some joy through all this because he's given me a different perspective on death and eternity and life. You know, when people ask us, you know, uh, addictions in our society is, It's a real thing it's a very real thing and and when somebody asks us well how are you getting over that addiction that's in your life you know what the the life-giving answer is you know what Jesus gives me freedom in my relationship with him he gives me freedom you know there's a lot of evil there's a lot of hate in our world today but when love and joy and things like like that come out from our life then it becomes life-giving It begins to blossom fruit in people's lives. You know, let me ask you in closing, have you ever connected to the true vine to have a life-giving relationship with God? Have you ever connected to the true vine? You know, the, the reality of it is, is that we all feel like, you know, this branch at times. You know, I know I do. I know I feel like this thing. Some days I'm like, man, there's there's no life in me. What's going on? But then I realize, you know, I just, I need to connect myself back to the true vine. And when I do that, I connect myself back to him. And all of a sudden life begins to flow inside of me and fruit begins to happen on the inside of me.